Johnny Cash is talking about he the guy he that created Grime. Yeah, he was yeah. the first Grime producer. That's what he said. And you, that, man, were yeah, but, kids for him. People were saying that Da Vinci stole your sound. Is that true? But that's what the word was on the road, that Jammer's yeah, not paying, that, paying anyone. The word is that because they were scared of Marcus Nasty. Dizzy couldn't really be dizzy without Wiley as well. Do you get what I'm saying? Graham History for your Saskula says that beat was originally for him. Manic Merkel said Man that beat, beat was, was for meant him. to be for him. Saskula says that beat's for him. Maxwell D said that beat's for him. But guess what, guys? It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jam, you did used to be very angry and people, I don't know. It was like, yeah. Listen, nah, my security me, escorted school. him out of the building. Remember? Big power scored you out the air. They didn't the escort me. Did. Yeah, Do you remember, if did. you go back... What's happening, people? Is DJ arguing we're back for another episode of the Gram History Lesson? My guest doesn't really need an introduction, does he? Well, you did say leave the best till last, but you tried to re-edit it because you tried to save <laughs> you tried to save face, but I can say it still. All right, that's, he said it, not me. So. Nah, you said it. You said it. I'll just I'll just reiterate it. <laughs> Jamma, uh, we're, well, we're well, back. Well, Let's just tell the truth. We had to do this whole interview again yeah 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 tell the people why um because like we shot that i don't know how long ago was that like a, a nearly, nearly a, a year, year, ago. year ago and i've come a long way since a year like i'm not sometimes i'm not the same person i was the day before and obviously life's about growing and every day man's been growing bettering myself and becoming the best version of myself so if I was a version of myself a year ago. It's not a great representation of who I am today. So if we're going to do something and it's for the people, it's got to be present and it's got to be true in its own right and it's got to be present. And that's why I need to come and redo this with you. So let's touch on uh, the first interview we've done um, four years ago. Yeah. The one that... <laughs> they still in the comments now. I was watching... I know. I was watching um, one I think you done with JME and I was watching uh, one you done with Danny Weed um, and they were like yeah all I can hear is uh, Jammer's voice I think Argy's still recovering from this. is that what they're saying? <laughs> is that what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're still recovering from the interview but like I said I think that's one of the most historic interviews to come out of Grime and I know people that ain't even really into Grime they don't even really listen to Graham or know too much about Graham, but they know that interview and they know that moment, you know. So um, I think I even said it to you when we was doing the interview, like even though I was I was raging slightly, but I was like, this is the this is the best interview that that's ever going to have happened. I was on, on air thinking I'm going to get sacked. I think I've lost my job. I was thinking. No, you, <laughs> oh, yeah. you got promoted. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people obviously thought, I think to this day, that we maybe have some animosity towards each other. Or... Uh, what, well, what, what people don't know is that since then, obviously, we've communicated. We've done many different things. When I was working on the latest Lord of the Match, you know, you come down, you worked on set with us, you've done the behind the scenes. Um, and we've been kind of communicating since then, which is... It's good because it's like out of a, I wouldn't say a bad situation because it, it is what it is, isn't it? But something progressive came from it, do you know what 100%. I mean? And I think even when I spoke to you after, you was like, rah, like wherever I'm going, like people are coming up to me, like my thing's booming. To this day, you know? Yeah. To this day. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a positive. Yeah. It didn't seem like that at the time, though. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> things like that never do, do you know what I'm saying? But if it's real, and it's a moment where clarity is needed and obviously a lot of people watching it know my history and they kind of get why I was coming at you like that. But Do you regret coming at me like that? Um, now watching it back and now like the person you are today? For, for me, personally, I feel like I could have articulated myself better. Um... But I feel that if I did articulate myself, but my point wouldn't have got across so yeah. well. Do you know what I mean? But for getting on to you, no, I'm not sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was expecting an apology live on Grammar History Lesson, but ah. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you deserve that one still. All right, all right. <laughs> so listen, it's a Grammar History Lesson. So let's go to the beginning in terms of like your musical influences, like. How how influential was your family um, on your music? 
Oh, that's a massive part. Like, I think I wouldn't be the musician today if I didn't come from the household that I came from. Um, growing up, you know, just from before my dad was like kind of fully in a band on a uh, musician to that to that capacity. Um, he was a massive music listener and record collector. And I was just born around music like that, do you know what I mean? And since I was like, I remember my mum telling me that when I was two, I used to like mix the EQ and drop the bass out on beat and bring it back in. And oh, did you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from, from, and she was always like, this this kid's gonna definitely do music. Do you know so he was mean? always destined to do music. Yeah, I feel that was my destiny. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's clear to see that from the path of my life that a lot of people go to like school, university, or college and stuff, and they're figuring out what they want to be. Do you know what I mean? I always knew what I was doing, like when it comes to my my craft. You know. So um, what did you always think you was going to be a DJ or a producer? Um, what was I, the first initial love? I started out DJ. It was DJ, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I started out DJ and I used to mix um Bashman. Obviously I used to play around with my dad's like old reggae records and I started on that and then I started to buy records with Super D. My sister had a child with Super D's cousin, so that made us kind of like family through relation through that. And um we started spending a lot of time together at like Super D's dad was also had a sound system. So my dad had a setup, his dad had a setup and they would play at family functions anyway. So he was like into jungle, I was into jungle. How old was you when jungle was emerging? Do you can you remember? So I would have been like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, so it's like I was mostly I'd been about 13, 14. Okay, so like high school days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 13, 14, 15, them ages. Um, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96. Jungle. Jungle. The 97, 98, 99 was transitioning into Garage. So, okay. Garage comes. What, what sort of... What influence did you have on Garage? Am I correct? Like your first sort of radio shows, was you playing Garage? Yeah, so even in the 187 crew. That's what I'm going to say, 187, yep. Yeah. Well, and who was in that? Yeah, me, D Double, Ebony J, Leon B, and Hyper. Was you on Flavor at that time? No? Yeah, I think we was on Flavor. Okay. It'll make you right. Um, and at that time, that was kind of a way after Jungle. Not way, but. Wasn't really playing jungle anymore. You was playing garage. I was playing garage. But was it the, <clears throat> the vocally garage or was it the B side no, stuff? It was, it was. It was. It was both. Like it was, but a lot of instrumental based garage because obviously I had MCs on my set. Um, like, like I don't smoke the reefer. Like dub versions. Like and one feet track and even before that, like. Um, LB. LB, yeah. That was um, very, very dark, wasn't it? LB, Orish J. Orish, yeah, that tune, yeah. Come On. I yeah, still play yeah, that yeah. to this day, actually. Orish J, yeah. Zed Bias. Yes. Um, a lot of those guys um, who were kind of very big inspirations to me because I was lucky enough to meet these guys from a young age because I worked in the Central Direct. So maybe that was even kind of the reason why I transitioned into my producing career. Um what, by for meeting all these guys? Yeah, because, so, look, with a Central Direct, I got to see the process of creating music and distribution. Let's just go back to how I ended up at um, a Central Direct, right? So, Dean, I know you know Jammin. Jammin, yep. Yeah, so he's an older brother named Dean, he had a company named Homegrown. They were one of the first ever to do pirate radio stations in 2000 and, no, earlier than that, like. 98, 99? 99, right? Basically, seeing my growth, what I was doing on, on the street, you know, and he saw the potential in me and he was like, I think you should, work at this place it'll be a great experience for you I was 16 I was leaving school so 
I went to work in Essential Direct, who then I met Sarah Lockhart. She was um, a sales a salesperson, record salesperson at the time there. And I went there initially to kind of get experience in the music industry in general. I was doing the, I was like a box boy where I would basically get the records and count the records and then log them into this computer system. So when they sold them through the phone system, they know how many was in stock okay. to be able to sell. And Glamour used to help me with that as the well. Outside Glamour? Yeah, DJ Glamour. So me and Glamour actually became tight through working in the stock so room. Was you d- oh, so you was both in the stock room, yeah, counting yeah, yeah, in the yeah, vinyl, yeah. okay. So you know like when you get the test presses before they... Get yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah. so I would get all of that stuff. So they would basically cut it and bring it to the distribution to see if they want to bring this record out right and I would get those cuts and then what would you do go to Flavor and play them yes. and then you're looking like the guy yeah I was the guy yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah. you couldn't get these cuts like, I'm talking like it was you know even I've got all of these plates now I've still got these these vinyls and these records now like test presses dub plates everything um, and there's a lot of historical value to them it's not just oh this is what no this is the first Hunt- dub cut that was cut of this song in 1990, um, whenever. Do you get what I'm saying? Or 2000 and whenever. For the, do you know what I'm saying? So there's historical value to to these pieces of uh, these assets and there's the story to back it up. So by this time, I like they used to sell these record boxes. You know, remember them, uh, the silver kind of record yeah, yeah, boxes? Yeah, yeah, open, yeah. Yeah, And obviously from my wages, I got a couple of record boxes. So I start like, I was, I understood now what a, like, obviously I was a DJ before, but I'm becoming a guy. I'm around the guys. I'm seeing the guys. I'm, the You're DJ producers now, are coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, you know, I'm on power, but it wasn't to the detriment of, to them guys, I was no one. Like to the producers that were selling stuff in through Essential Direct, I was, who was I? Do you know what I mean? But in my world, when I was going back to the ends, I was the top, top, top guy because I'm I'm mixing with these guys. I'm getting vinyls. I'm I'm getting the knowledge. Um, you know, I remember I bought a ped at that time because work. Dean patterned me. I ran him the money for my wages. So I was going up in the ends. You know what I'm saying? Everything was going. Obviously, man was. Man had a little other little thing that man was doing in the building and making a bread. So. You get what I'm saying? Everything was going up. You get what and I'm saying? And this time you were still only a DJ. I was still only a DJ at this time. But at that time, because I was seeing all these DJ producers, they're bringing in the thing I remember, i never forget. I think this was kind of a defining moment for me. So Solid came in with a vinyl. It was Dilemma. Oh, di- oh, Dilemma, okay. It was Dilemma. And then they ordered 6,000 units. i never forget this. Asha D, um, Asha D, Mega Man... This they will remember this because this you know what I'm saying. And these men came to Essential Direct. They sold um six thousand copies. Um, and at that time, they wasn't getting money up front from Essential, right? But they gave them the six thousand copies and they sold out like that. So they came back, but when they came back, they were fresh. I remember because the first time I remember seeing Asha D, like he's rebought classics and that. And this is no disrespect, this is me just telling the story. Like his crepes was lean up. And he's come back. And when they came back, these men were all fresh to death. And it made me think, like, I need to get out of this place. I need to get, I need to make beats. I need, like, I was thinking. <laughs> but, so that's when Dilemma changed everything for you. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, Johnny Cash is talking about he was the guy he that a, Yeah, he was yeah. the first grand producer. That's what he said. And you, that, man, were yeah, but kids for him. I could, I would possibly argue that because where I was taking my influence from was Stormwalky. Stormwalky, yeah. yeah one, Storm. one for eight track. Yes. Some and Dilemma. Track, and Dilemma. So you was directly taking it from those... From, from those three records was my inspiration to then recreate the genre that you would then call grime because those were still borderline garage, just dark versions of garage. So what was your first tune that you could say? Obviously, it wasn't called garage And 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 also, this is not me taking anything away from Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was from West, Surty guy, like, was doing his thing. He had his own buzz going on. Them guys, you know, they were really there. Like, but 
I don't know about me being his son. Like he never he let me just say he never ever took me under his wing, rolled about with me. Took it me doesn't shit. mean it like that. I think he yeah. means in music yeah, no, but, terms the styling. Yeah, but in music terms, if you want to call anyone your son, and this is respectfully, like if you're looking at Da Vinci, I'll go back into mine and his relationship. He will tell you. I'll have to actually yeah. see, listen back to what he said. Yeah. Interviews coming out. By the time this is okay, out, interview come out. I've heard it this was along before. those lines. I've heard anyway. this before, though. I've heard this before. But me and Johnny are cool anyway. It's not. It yeah, won't yeah. flood over to that. No, it's no, not no, no. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. Okay, was right. Let me. So, a lot of influence. I wasn't really taking influence from Johnny Cash's music directly like that. So you wasn't so. You're saying this now. You didn't take any influence back then from Johnny Cash's music. No, not necessarily. No. Then who was it? I saw you just said obviously. I Wookie. said yeah. It was Wookie, Zinc. Yep. And so solid. So solid. So who was uh, Oxide? Yeah. Omega made some casualty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All of this type of stuff. That's what I was into. Um, did Johnny Cash really? Did he make Garage in Garage days? Was he making? He was making Garage, but then he started making this. Sublo. It's, it's Sublo, but it could be classed as Graham. This is yeah, the like not of, not to come off it was track, bass but heavy. I just but I want to clarify where my influences were coming from. Okay, so right. Okay, yeah. So I just want to clarify where my influences were coming from. Obviously, reggae and then jungle and then those elements of garage. Now I love all garage. You can remember garage was a little bit more sweet with the melodic type of stuff on top, but. You want to talk about getting to shower hour? It was storm. Boom, 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 boom. If you listen to a lot of Jammer records like Army and these kind of vinyls, you can hear I've sampled the Wookie snare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wookie was one of my biggest inspirations. Wookie is the reason why we even most probably have the Jammer producer that you have today. I will study that guy. Oh, would you? Yeah. I would literally study. I would play Wookiee records back to back for hours. Yeah. Um, and just understand how he got the, the kick to do the triple kick. Yeah. Do, 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 like, nasty, all of that to nasty, me, yeah. all of that to me was homework. You know what I mean? I wasn't studying anyone else. I was studying Wookiee. So you could say it was only, it was Wookiee mainly. So yeah, when and, you... And, and Oris J. Oris J. He doesn't really get mentioned. Which LB, I think he really should LB. Yeah, um, Zed Bias. These are the people that I was studying. You know, um, these to me are masterminds. These are geniuses of. So when you're making early Graham, in your head, are you thinking that's the start garage? Yeah. So you just thought you start garage. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying is like, we was mixing the songs and mixing the beats and yeah. stuff like that, and I was trying to get the sound to a certain level so at this time I'm still kind of at Essential Direct but I need to leave now because loads of things are going on so, so at this time now what tunes are you making? so our Jiggy like early like Jiggy like give me the mic and let me get raw what, what the hell do you come down here for? for? Okay. all of that the instrumentals to that like and I was making all them instrumentals I made like I think Papna style. Pop That's what I made. I made six samples. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. I was studying Oris J, and yeah. I was studying. And Da Vinci worked on Popno style with me. Oh, did he? Yes, because he was. This is what I'm trying to say. Da so what did? So when you say worked, what did he do? Was he programming like some instruments? In what was he doing? So at that time, Da Vinci was like a melodies man. So would so, you say he was a melodies man? So So like I was making the whole beat, the drums and everything, and I was like, I need, I need something like fast. And he would he would program something like that okay. for me. So he programmed that? Yeah, yeah. And then you done all the bait that that tune yeah. is so that doesn't sound the drums sound like a jammer tune, but it was so dark that tune. Yeah, because you know what, like we used to Dark, evil at that, that tune. time, like I said, Da Vinci was like an apprentice to me. You know, he was a young kid. He was like my little brother. He would we would spend hours and hours and hours on end in the studio, and I had just that bit more experience. I was with like the D doubles and nasties, the this, the that, the da da da, and I had the reach to bring people in to come to the studio, connected to the streets and that aspect. You know what I'm saying? And 
he was a talented guy. Don't I'm not you know he had talent, but it was more. He was more on the R and B thing. He was more of a singer. He played the melodies and da 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 da. He wasn't really making the shower man rhythms in it. Mm. So I wanted to bring that melodic element and to your music, yeah, to mine, and then also give him the shower man element to his. So it worked well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just me and Da Vinci, like really spending a lot of time together making music and stuff like that. And then we was kind of like growing the sound and. But I was already nasty crew now. You get me? Man's already busting that radio, doing this mad thing. And okay, so the backstory: people are saying that Da Vinci stole your sound. Is that true? Let me let me put it in a way where it's because Da Vinci, like me and Da Vinci, have had these conversations. We both me me and Da Vinci never spoke for about three years. I stopped making beats for about three, four years. Why did you? I st- because of the amount of how disheartened I was when... Okay, go on, let's get into it then. How disheartened I was when um, P's and Q's took off. Because what happened was I was producing all the Kano stuff before he went to Iron Apple, and that situation happened in Iron Apple. And... Not all of Kano's stuff, because he, produ- he was linking up with a couple of men or whatever, but the majority of, of stuff I was producing. The Take You Out sound that's behind Kano, the Destruction sound, all of the Jammer sounds that was underneath the bed of Nasty Crew. Dum dum, the drums, the thing, the, the saw bass, the sine waves, the, not the sine waves, the saw basses. Sine wave was layered with it, but it was my saw bass and the square basses that I was using. Um, Layered with the snares and layered with the sub, like boom, boom. Ah, okay. Like all that kind of son, like design of beat, um, and when Kano kind of went away from Nasty Crew because I had been bringing Kano and a few of the other guys over to South with me, where to Robert Rose's, which who was seeing my sister. When I wasn't really having that much communication with the boys, Robert kind of slid in there. And where he had the big studio over there, and it was a kind of... He took Kano over there. Kano over and there. Da Vinci's over there. And Da Vinci's over there. But it wasn't really going to work with the Da Vinci melodical... Like, sound. Because Kano's trying to spit that grease. You get what I'm saying? So... And, and look, this is all real facts. This is all true stories, man. You can phone who you want. Right? This is how it went down. Now, the destruction, boom, 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 that same hit. Those two same hits, right? Influential sound. And I know you said that Wiley was saying that. You saying that why it was on um not Clubhouse, what's this new thing? Spaces. Yeah. Yeah. What was he saying? He said that Da Vinci basically took your sound. Yeah. Um now the recording's out there on YouTube, but yeah. wants to go and listen back to it. So with that being said, because I've not spoke on this um really public because I didn't Da Vinci is like my brother, do you get what I'm saying? But at the time Da Vinci was only sixteen. I think I was like Early 20, 20s? 20, yeah, like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Um, and I know he was influenced by Robert, right? So Robert was hungry to have Paper Chase recordings be the big recordings. And Jamet the World was the big recordings. But remember, I was... Oh, under so, paper oh, so how old was the Paper Chase? Oh, so Paper Chase was Robert's? Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. And Da Vinci was his main... Um, yes, oh, okay. And he was trying to utilise Martin right. to leverage Paper Chase... But what happened is when the falling out happened with Kane and that, not Kane, because I never had a falling out with Kane. But when Nasty kind of separated, and Ka- Kane's to stop talking to you, stop coming to your he studio, just stopped talking to me after the Napa situation. Which, but was, what is? It doesn't make sense though. Obviously, because you're his main producer, 
Well, do you know what? There might have been some other elements to it. It's like when we went to Germany, like me and Bizzle was having a cuffs, like cussing matches. And when I look back on it now, we're young and dumb, and it's like, like whatever, Bizzle man, you didn't pay no one for power, and then and then Bizzle's like, what, what? Who got money off to of, uh, take you out for thing? But at and that Kane's time, listening yeah, to all yeah, of this, yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. maybe let me just. But, but, yeah, but at that time, what you got to remember is I've got the studio. I'm paying for the studio. I'm pressing the records. I'm paying for the mix downs. I'm paying for everyone to travel to South. I'm doing. You, I've got to make back my pee from that. Before, that, yeah, yeah, you can... Yeah, yeah, I'm they saying get their it money wasn't off the like back end. how it is now. You're not going to go to Sony and get 100 racks <laughs> or 500 racks. It's not that. We're rich, we're doing this ourselves. So when and everyone was saying they're nasty, you got kicked out because you're bumping people, that wasn't the case. People come don't... Come on, let's be real. If it was the case, would, it, would I still have great relationships with, like, D-Double, Sharky, if I really bumped you, man? Would you, if I really got rich off you, man, and took your peas? But that's what the word was on the rows, that Jammer's yeah, not paying, that, paying anyone. The word is that because they were scared of Marcus Nasty. You understand? And they needed to point the finger at someone because they all thought it was going to get mashed up. So, the, so it was easier so to point, point at you. at me because I got the studio, I pressed the records, I'm looking like the guy, I'm the actual guy. Like, I'm the one leading this organisation. Do you get what I'm saying? But at the same time, Mac 10's your brother. I'm with him majority of the time in the studio. Shark is your Cody. Throughout whole no time that you was in jail, did anybody say, oh, let's put a piece aside for Marcus? So I never, ever met Marcus. I met him once before he went away. Okay, so you didn't so, even have a relationship with yeah, him like that. Yeah, I just know these men because DWE was saying to me, after he went to the crew, I told you that's how 187 broke up. Yeah. Oh, because D-Double left. He wanted to do the nasty crew thing and I didn't want to do it. That's why I went to be Jammer, a producer. I wanted to make beats like LB, RSJ, instrumental bass Then why, why did you go to, to Nasty then? Because Double kept coming to me saying, we need you for the production. And then I kept saying no. And then after that, Storming, Sharky and Double came to my house one day and we just clicked and we made Give Me The Mic and Let Me Get Raw and they've never left since then. Right? So, but going back to the Da Vinci scenario. So Kane's... Kane's gone over there now. There's no jammer in the cut, but we need the jammer sound because Kano... That's what he's used to, yeah. I get it. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say everybody catted me. I don't want to be that guy in it, but... They've got some influence. There's influence. But anyway, let's go... There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Right? But if you're asking me about how I feel about what's happened, I'm giving you a history... Of of now, let's stick with Da Vinci, but I only wanted to point that out to you because of the direction of the sound. Who created the sound? That's what Wiley's talking about. When you talk about Wiley sound, it's Wiley sound. Mm. Talk about Jama sound, it's Jama sound. You get me? There's even I saw Danny talking about the sound where even Dizzy was a big influence to it. Where a lot of people say it's just Wiley, but. Dizzy couldn't really be dizzy without Wiley as well. Do you get what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to say is when the Da Vinci thing happened... The P's and Q's we're talking yes. about. Because I even got the invite. If you look at that video, I'm in that video. With all them, when you see all the youths walking up the yeah. road. I remember I was going to the side because I didn't feel happy to be there. Why was you there then? If you're thinking Da Vinci K- bit your sound. Yeah, because listen, Kano was my guy, innit? Still is my guy. I got love for Kane, you get me? And let's make it right. Let's like let's have the truth. And if we're talking about history, I made the link for Kano to link Mike Skinner, right? Because I was on Locked On Records he was. and I was taking them to shop Nasty Crew music, and they heard Kano and they wanted to know more about Kano. That's why Dan Stacy and Mick Shiner and all these guys became to aware of this scenario. Now, Mike Skinner got a bigger cameo in that video than me. Okay, but so, so but when I got there, remember they're just all around. We're gonna do this bit for Skinner. I'm thinking, raw. Like obviously, I'm not. I hate her in it. Like, but fam, I've, I've worked on building this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Even this tune, what you got with Da Vinci? How did you know Da Vinci? Like, how do you like? What's going on? Like, you get me? So it was very disheartening for me. Do you get me? Um, at the time, and I'm just speaking the, the truth, innit? I don't like now. I don't care about, like, I, like it's whatever, isn't it? Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, did that make you sort of effectively stop producing? Yeah, so let me explain to you just... So, basically, so that happened, right? Remember, I've made 
destruction. I've made Take You Out. I've made Thing. I made so many underground smash hit records, right? And this moment comes now. Someone who I believed in. If you ask gigs, like he was saying that ever since I met Jama, he was talking about Kane or this guy's gonna be a star. Yeah, like, you know, I believe taken in this away guy. from yeah, you. It was just you know, um, I, I believed in Kane. I still believe in Kane. Do you get me? Down to now, what he's doing in Top Boy, like you know, things happen in life and people have different situations and whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? And anyone I've had occasions with, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not that same person today, and things happen and. I'm sorry for whatever's in there. I'm also really sorry for what happened to, do you get what I'm saying, down to Da Vinci, do you get me? But um, when I when I look at, mate, like that, that, going to that video shoot, seeing the big budgets, Kane's on this big van, they got lights, everything. I'm thinking, and I'm not nothing to really do with this. You've gone, you've signed a deal with Dan Stacey. I'm not on the album. You've gone and produced a whole album with the sonics of... You've changed your sound a little bit, but you still got Jammer influences on there, but it's not Jammer producing on it, right? Then P's and Q's has got... I'm in clubs now, P's and Q's is slapping. It's big. The whole rave's singing this tune. It's mm-hmm. like my... It's like... And then I was just like, this is my sound. And Da Vinci, somebody who I worked with to, to help craft their sound and become the producer they are today, and that's not saying that Da Vinci wasn't a sick producer, but there's no one could take away the fact that he was my protege and that I taught him a lot about sound and how to put things together and how to work with people is why he was able to make that song. So even why you even know Kano is because of me. So would you say like you was like one of the first grand producers? Can you say that? Of course. Can you say you you can't say you was the first, can you? Or can you? Okay, let's have it right. I feel like if you're talking historically and if you want to find as much facts and database, me and Wiley are the first grand producers. Okay. Of facts and what we can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can start talking about, oh, but there was this guy that... Da, 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 da. No, let's talk plain yeah, and simple. Yeah, yeah. First grand producer, because Johnny Cash says it was him. And then the only people I've actually cl- I've heard, cl- well, I haven't heard Wiley claim, but you, you're saying you are. Yeah. You and Wiley. Because why I'm saying I am as well is because, and a lot of people say it, Skep will tell you it. I have had my own sound right and I created a sound that was unique to me and my crew and my section of people now you couldn't listen to that and say it was garage or if it was this or that it was it was his solely own thing it had yes it had influences but it was his own thing and there was nothing around at that time that sounded like that listen you you knew that was it was something else so yes it was so you and Wiley you're saying so is that yeah. where the rivalry maybe come yes, between like rolling right, right, right. yes, especially Jammer and Wiley that's Wiley, why yeah. that's why it would have been someone else then innit it would have been Wiley versus um, Johnny Cash yeah, or, or it, you yeah, or someone exactly yeah. you understand why wasn't it that you know because the direct thing that was building that scene at the time was Jammer's Beats and Wiley's beats. It was nasty. Deja. Roll Deep. Roll Deep. Rinse. Yeah. Rinse. Remember, even before Roll Deep weren't even on De- uh, Deja, it was Nasty on Deja and Roll Deep on Rinse. Yeah. You get me? And then we integrated. We used to swap and do things. And then someone done a dirty move. I can't remember what it was, but I think Wiley had an argument with Genius. And then Diesel put Roll Deep on After Us. And then that's when we started having mad battles. Mad set, yeah. like four or yeah, four yeah, hour yeah, sets. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. You back to back, Danny yeah, yeah, Weed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that now on a timeline level, you can just see clearly that that's what was going on. And then everybody else around the scene and around Outstarks, North, South, East, West, wanted to get... Um, so you're saying no one gravitate t- towards that. So no one could really talk to you and Wiley about the early Graham sound because you know people. A lot of people come out of the woodwork and they're gonna after this. Gonna they say they were doing that in their bedroom and no one knew. People say no, but I was or I've made it. Like people are gonna say. People can say what they want, but do you feel like you don't get the credit you deserve? 
I'm asking you this because obviously you're, I know you're not going to come out and say you've done this. You've no, done I that. used to feel like that, yeah. Yeah, I could tell. I sense you had like a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I used to feel like that, but you know what? I understand now. Like I know who I am, and the people know that was yeah, there. Yeah, the people that was there know, and I know what I've done. I know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm capable of, so I don't really have that thing. But like I said, it's down to little things that happened to me along the way that made me feel a certain way and made me feel disheartened. And so, so one of them being uh, the Da Vinci and Kano. Yeah, because I felt like I stopped producing. So when you stop producing, then then what you're doing is it to make the world time? I was years? doing Merkel, man. Oh, cause okay, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah, so you leave, you leave nasty. Leaving nasty crew, did that affect you? Yeah, like. So leaving Nasty Crew, of course it affected me. I was in a situation, it was, you know, I don't want to call out too much money because everyone's moved on yeah. from there. But I had a little drama with Marcus and everybody kind of knows how that went. It was back and forth, then I was around the Slewland man and then we was kind of catching up with altercations with these men and all of that so was after the So after the Nasty, you... You, you, you basically joined slew them, didn't you? Yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people don't know. I didn't... Was that for protection, man? I didn't join them. What, these men were riding out for you? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Um, and I was instrumental in building a lot of the... What you see Slew them have to have now. So by the time Slew them comes around, you're an MC in Slew them. But, but I'm the bad man producer that can show way for how to mix these tunes down and show... Top Matty, Dollar Matty, and Matty D. Top, yeah, yeah. And that's what he was doing then? Yeah. So the, so would you so was you influential in that slew them sound then? Of course. So yeah, that's one thing people I didn't know and I'm not too sure if the listeners and the people watching this are going to... That's know. what Pitt was saying to me the other day. He's like, when you're doing your things, talk your thing. Well, this is why we need Graham History Lesson because yeah. if I don't ask you and the people don't know, then you're not really... You're not going to come out one day on Twitter saying, oh, well, I've done this for Matty Yeah, because there's no reason for and... me to say it. Like, But Matty will tell you himself out his own mouth. If it wasn't for you, Jam, you done this. In 16 Bar, you done that. You got the man in the studio, you thing, you exit, you got the parts, da 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 you told man what um, uh, I bought the Triton because you lot got the Triton I did, did, oh so you had the Triton and then so yeah. because their sound was full Triton sound yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. obviously they see me get it because I remember at the time Robert Rose when was going back and forth at one of the studios he bought the Triton okay. and then he was like Jamma you hold that Triton you get me and I had that in the basement I was running that that's when me and Da Vinci were making certain songs like um and yeah, like so, they knew that the influence that Jamal was bringing to that situation. Do you get what I'm saying? And then obviously, I was showing them how to press the records, do the the logo, like make the vinyls and put your uh, like artwork on it, distribute it. Remember, I had the database. So, was you more the experienced member in Slew them? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was way far like in musically. Yeah, like, musically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, did you enjoy like being around Slew them? Yeah, it was fun, man. It's some parts of it that was like the hood mentality where people were just bullying each other and that. Like, I didn't really like that part. Do you get me? Like, it's just that hood mentality of like, oh, just get money in the headlock for no reason. Like, but I get it, mate. It's part Did of that. Like, was you like that when you was around Sludem? I was never like that, innit? Like, I only had to be like that because I'm not trying to have it. Do you get what I'm saying? But really. My thing is, like, can we all build and, like, make me... Do you know what I'm saying? I'll be taking man to the shops and then the next minute, oh, someone just just wants to try slap, man, because they're filming it on the camera or something. Oh, like, okay. Some dickhead thing, you get what I'm saying? And that's what deteriorated those scenarios and why certain people can't go back from certain things and chat to man. Do you understand? So what was... When did you start moving away from Sludem then? Um, When it started, like, towards the end of non-stop working... Because there was, like, footage, like... those things happening. People was just trying it. Do you get me? And then I think Pitt went jail, yeah? And me and Pitt really had a good relationship. And we made Pitt and Jam, and we did, like... Pitt was on business, really, because, like, he wasn't like everybody else. You get me? He, was, he had his peas, like, their thing or cut with, man, not really trying to... You know what I mean? Like, not trying to do that funny thing. You get me? So when he went... I see a lot of people get manipulated by other people and not really dealing with me correctly, which then led me to be like, actually, I don't really want to be... In this anymore, like okay. Then Chronic went jail, 
Not that I didn't want to be with them, but this, this naturally happened. Chronic went jail, Pitt went jail. And it was like, yeah, make sure you look after temps. And then that's when, obviously, that time I was doing a lot of stuff with Jamie and Skepta and stuff. And so was you, did you look after temps, would you say? Did you keep, did you keep your end of the bargain? I, or? I feel like I did because temps was around me a lot. And then through that, he connected with Jamie. And then they made CD is dead. Yep. And then the tour and then da 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 iron upper. That was my... That was as much as I could do for my part of the the, the situation, do you get me? Obviously, as that went on, um, then Temps had his situation and went to kind of do stuff with Chasing Status and then obviously when it came out, a culture clash against us, that kind of deteriorated the relationship with everybody. Why though? Because people... What, okay, what is the story behind that? Because I don't feel like that's been told, that story, on your end anyway. Um, uh, how do you see I it? I just feel like Temps... Temps is one of us, isn't it? Like he should have just, just never been on that stage. We offered him money. We offered oh, so him whatever what money he wanted. Oh, so it wasn't like so he didn't get the, so he got the call from you lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. We offered him whatever money he wanted to come on our stage. And then what he said? No. He said, "I'll get back to man." Then he came out on their stage. Hmm. So what are you? Way better know, man. What are you thinking? So what are you think? Because obviously you've had a relationship with him. I'm thinking, rah, is that what he did? Like, cause fam, there's a that's a cultural thing. That's a culture yeah, thing. That, was, that wasn't yeah, about money. Yeah, this is a yeah. But obviously, Temps was just like, oh, but in number one, you lot come out with the mask on the temper tea mask. Nobody called me for that one. So he was maybe holding some feelings towards that. But that was just us, man, trying to bust your tune on a big boy level at the time, like. Because of the love that we have for Temps and how we come up together, I just felt that he should have been with us. That's it. And I think people just felt like they felt that in their chest. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. That was a really proud day for Grime. And if you love to Grime and represent Grime, I feel like. Well, why are you going to go with all them? Yeah, okay. So, do you but I get that. I get it as well because obviously you're running, you're doing tours with Chasing Stays at the time. And at the moment, and, and at the time, it, they're putting money in his pocket. Yeah, but guess what? Are they bringing you out now? We would have never. It doesn't matter. Temps was me? basically boy better no. Yes. So yeah, it was, yeah. Looking at it now, yeah, he was. Yeah, okay, I get it. So, but it's like I said, it's still all love. There's no hate. Do you get me? I don't have no hate for no. I'm just telling you how certain things went down you get me we're talking about the history of Grant so talking about the history I want to go back so you lose Kano yeah mm-hmm. and then so basically how did the Jamaica world think I didn't lose him because he wasn't mine to keep uh, but yeah. you know because it, 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 obviously we have to be very clear with Worden I don't want yeah, him to, to watch this like, and feel like oh man had you in a okay, headlock Kano goes his yeah. own his own way Wait, he left yeah, last yeah, year yeah. and he goes his own way you, mm-hmm. you two aren't really because there's some other things that happened around that as well where Marco was tra- Marcus was trying to pressure Kano to what to stay in the crew yeah and to, like he, Marcus was like don't go nowhere unless I know and he was doing the BBC stuff and there was still a time when he was about to get signed where Marcus was trying to turn up to things with him oh, on right. a shower man thing you oh. get me but so that's maybe dead in opportunity and then other him, things maybe. happened don't think that Kano and his guys were just having it because Kano's got family and that they weren't having it either certain things were happening they was not having it either do you understand what I'm saying but Marcus had kind of took it over the line with Kane and remember when Getz talks about in in I think it's autobiography on his last album yeah. when he says Marcus tried to do Takeno and I said he shouldn't do that and then pa- Plasto tried to disown me like I'm not from the hood because Getz had a time when it was a bit warm for him in Plasto <laughs> okay. because he backed Kano's thing that's why him and Kano are like that not just because like, they were bonding anyway but he just stood up for the for what was right at that time you understand when when you're talking about like all this stuff there's it's not just one pocket of stuff so many different things happened where it kind of do you know what I mean segregated everybody into different pockets and that's just a young crazy dumb young behaviour you know what I'm saying and Marcus has already apologised to the to, to everybody about this so I don't it's not a thing where we're trying to pull him back no, down no 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 but Kano leaves yeah he goes his own way then what do you do it, then what is it do you make the world then is what happens so I'm doing the Sludan thing what we just went into Right, okay. well, so I'm doing that 
I done a tr- uh, album with my brother and DM called Best Friends with the Truth, but I was just producing it. And then he was like, no, I'm not finishing this album unless you spit a bar on it. You get me? Then I spat a bar on that and then I kind of got the taste for MCing. But because I wasn't doing all the Nasty Crew stuff, I started to spit on my own beats. You didn't have the MCs anymore Yeah, around. yeah I didn't have their MCs in the studio anymore. So I had more beats and more time. So I started to spit on my own beats. And then having jokes with student one day and I was like, Neko, like, you got Merkel to my brethren. And then someone was like, oh, you should make a tune out of that. And then I started to, like, fuck, play around with this idea when I spit it's the Merkel, make it MC, but like, Merkel. Oh, cool. I came in a circle, Chapman for the green and purple haze. Yeah, and then yeah. I was just playing around with that. Then I, then obviously that came and the Merkel man must have come. Who is it? Like, all that came. I made Merkel man in my basement because I heard someone saying that in spaces the other day, Chronic was saying that he, I made Merkel Man in his basement or something. I don't know how true that was. But obviously I just wanted to clarify that, that if that was said, no, it was made in my basement. What happened? I don't, perhaps space is all over. I'm not in there anyway. No, I'm just you. saying though, I'm just saying, I heard this, a few people said this to me, innit? But I was in his house, Chronic's house, having a cussing match. Well, I weren't having a cussing match. Everyone was having a cussing match. And then I was just busting jokes saying, oh, man got Merkel, like whatever. And then mum was like, oh, you should make that into a rhythm. And then obviously that's when I went and made Merkel, man. But the the lyrics got built here and there, there. And it, was, it wasn't on that outburst rhythm. This was, I, mean, I don't know what if you... What tune was on? It's on, it's on, there's other Merkel, man, you know. Yeah, but who made the original? I made the beat, the original. But how does it go? Bloom, 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 bloom. Well, it's the Merkel. Make what it empty. Oh, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah
everyone wanted the tune. So I remember going to Kano's launch party. I remember through all that stuff that was going on. Remember I've told you yeah, how yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. They've done the song with Da Vinci. Mm. This is the album now. I'm kind of a bit thing. Because Dan Stacy knew what was happening with that scenario. Yeah. And the album got pushed through with Warner and I never got a record on the album. To rectify it, what he done is he got me to be a part of the sound direction on six seven nine run the roads. Run the roads, yes, so run that's the roads, why you can yeah. See a lot of jammer tunes, ear tunes on there, and then the I, jammers, yeah, yeah, and then that's what helped the structure elevate. I done a VIP version with Kano. You understand? Uh, sorry, they Dan Stacy made it up to you. Oh, he said that's for his own benefit as well, though. That was my guy. I saw that on the other day. Yeah. Do you get me? This is what I'm trying to say. Everybody knows what they did. You get me? Mm-hmm. But I'm not bitter. That's what I want everyone to know. I'm not bitter. I'm happy that I was an influential guy, actually, to be fair. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I never used to look at it like this. I used to be very angry. You did, man. Jam, you did used to be very angry and people, I don't know. It was like, yeah. Because I, I do, I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of things. And I then other working, people was getting the main, all the credit for it. credit for it, do you get what I'm saying? And it's just a very, at the time it was a very, um, it was a very painful thing to go through, but it made me the person I am today. Like, uh, like how I am, what, what I'm, what, what I do now, what I'm working. Like I'm, I'm a military. I'm a powerhouse, untouchable, unstoppable. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like now you're, you, you're getting your credit now? You're getting the due diligence. That I don't really want credit. You don't. Anymore. Well, yeah, is it? Yeah, I don't really want credit. I just want to work and I want to get what I deserve for my work and I just want to go to Jamaica and live wherever but I feel like you're you're getting a lot of opportunities now now yeah, you've yeah. sort of you stopped drinking and everything and you sort of you've evolved as a person yeah, should we yeah, say yeah, yeah. like do you feel like you're reaping the rewards now yeah, like the yeah, right yeah, stuff's happening yeah, for yeah, you yeah the right stuff's happening I don't smoke you get what oh, I'm you stopped that as well yeah oh, okay 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 yeah I don't smoke like my whole settings is different because to be fair when I was watching I was thinking please let's just let's drop this first the first interview we've done but when I do watch it back honestly now it was the old you mm-hmm. it was very I don't even know how to describe it it was yeah. just the old jammer yeah, he was yeah. talking a lot of sense, sense in it yeah 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 but there but was it, something about it that is it's, it's, it would have went viral it would have went viral yeah yeah the stuff yeah. you were saying and you would have went right but it might have been for the wrong reasons uh huh and there's certain things that I'll still talk on through this and we can, you know, take what you want from it. Do you know what I'm saying? I said, me and Wiley, we have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> That's what it was been based on from the beginning. It's love-hate because you come to my house and link me and we'll go and do this mad tune or make money together and go and do this show. And da, da, da. But then you'll do a diss track for me or you'll we'll, we'll be having beat battles and stuff like this from the day dot. Yeah, so there's always been that that kind of element then one day you'll phone me up and be like oh come over here I got I can help you get a deal there or this or like when I'm with Dizzy you phone me and be like oh tell Dizzy like this that like I'll give him the album for free just put it out on Dirty Stank like I want to squash the beef remember I'm the only man that actually had you had that connection you was yeah, cool with Dizzy yeah, and Wiley yeah 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 yeah. not a lot of people how was that being would you say he was in the middle yeah man I got a lot of cool, a lot of in the middle stuff for that do you know what I'm saying and it's not really cool to be in the middle, you know, same with like Wally and Skepta, do you know what I'm saying? When Are you in the middle of that? Or not um, now, but was you in the middle? Yeah, I'm always going to be in the like every, you're all my brothers, man. I don't know what's happening. Everyone just chill out, blood. You get me? Like, but at the same time, I know sometimes who's responsible for the, for the F3 at the time. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, Sometimes you have to put a like, like, and that's why that's why we was ended up speaking about the Wiley scenario because I know Wiley's like drawed me into certain scenarios before. Like I said, I was doing business with Ben at the time. I done on the uh, back. Are you really really from the ends? Remix, the remix, didn't man. you? We was talking about a lot of stuff. I was talking to Jade Richardson in Polydor, trying to cut a deal for Nasty Crew. Um, so where I was trying to get these deals, right? And all this stuff was happening, but Ben Palmer was, he saw the vision, he understood. And I, I remember I was in the studio, I remember I told you I was working with one guy named DM from, from the ends, mm. and he's the one that actually got me to start spitting. 
yeah, I was just playing around, but he was the one that started to tell me, like, no, you got to record. And um, Wiley calls me, and he's like, where are you, where are you now, where are you, where are you? I'm like, well, well, go on. He's like, no, I need to touch you now. I'm like, oh, I'm at the studio. So like, I don't even know, 10 minutes have gone. This guy's he's walking in. He's just, he's just looking like he's just on a mad thing. Like, I'm like, well, go on. But I'm in, the, I'm in the studio, all my G's from the ends, like, and he's like, no, I need you to come, need you to come with me now. Like, I need you to just do, we gotta do a quick mission. So I'm thinking, what? Like, he's like, no, just come with me, man. I'm gonna drop you back. Just come. So I'm like, ah, you man, listen, I gotta go and do something quickly with Will. I'm gonna come back in a piece. Just write your bars in it, and then when I come back, I'll record it, whatever. Jumped in the car, driving, whatever. And then he's like, oh yeah, what? Like, what have you spoke to Ben? Ben, this like you spoke to Ben today, but previously I'd known that Ben was trying to sign Nye, Lady Nye at the time, and they was having meetings or whatever. And then Ben was supposedly it took her out to like some events. You know when you work at record labels and whatever, trying to sweeten it up to close yeah, the yeah, door yeah. off. Yeah, I don't know how. Just remember, I'm not there. I don't know how true everything is that if Wiley was overexerting the fact or he was just, you get what I'm saying? But basically, the, the story goes that Ben was trying to move to Nye. And um, and then he's like, oh, yeah, like, Wiley was like, oh, phone Ben, like, say, say that you're going to meet him. And then when we get there, I'm going to confront him about, the, about if he's chatting to Nye. It? But I'm thinking... Obviously, looking back now, if it was today, I'd be like, blood, I'm not getting like, I'm a big man, innit? Like, but when you're young, you you know, me and Wiley done a lot of music together, we cut a lot of bread together. That was like, Wiley was like actually big bro as well, do you get me? Even though people see us on the levels, I'm like, he might look at me as like, I'm not older than him, but he still has that element where he looks at me as like, you know what I'm saying? He always said, yeah, you're the guy for man. You're the strings master, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm like, raw, like, Ben, at the time in my head, hadn't done anything for you for as much as Wiley. Wiley, do you get me? But really, it's none of my business, none of it. Do you get what I'm saying? That's a personal thing. So, out of loyalty. Yes, yeah, so out of loyalty, I just basically phoned Ben. Mm. and said, oh, where are you? I'm coming to link you. But this is how close me and Ben was. He didn't even ask me what for. He didn't get, he, <laughs> he just come to link me at the petrol station in West London. Bam, as he's pulled up, while he's jumped out the whip, mm. run up to his car, he's scared off. You get me? Like, while he's run back into my whip, the whip that I'm in, that, um, his whip basically mm. he's driving a black Alfa Romeo at the time and then boom jump back into that whip and then we started chasing Ben so we're in like a high speed chase now blood chasing this guy chasing this guy chasing this guy already his back roads yeah West London yeah but I'm like blood why did you do that um, as this is even happening I'm saying why did you do that I could have just spoke to him got out and this is then, making then you look so you, bad yeah and then made you lot talk and whatever, it, it innit? wasn't ever going to happen. No, but you could have... No, if I, you just ran to him. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if I was there, if we just got out of the car, even if I was with you, the way that Ben would have seen me there, it, it wouldn't have been that. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think he would have scared off because... Yeah, no, he's, I don't know. It wouldn't have went like that. But anyway, he's scared. So I never really got to speak to Ben. I think I might have spoke to him on the phone briefly the next day or something like that. But, but by then, you, you've yeah, messed the link up. Yeah, yeah. By then, that kind of... That 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 scenario kind of escalated and went to that. But what... But what? It, what well, the reason why I'm saying this is it's like life lessons, isn't it? It's like... I don't know if Wiley was doing that to mess up my bag. on. I don't think it was a deliberate route to mess up my bag or what I could have generated or benefited from that scenario. I just think it was a move of emotion. And you love a girl and yeah, yeah, you think that. someone's... Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that was... I don't think it was directly like, you know what, I'm just going to mess but up. But Jam, you didn't well. have to go though, that's the thing. Of course I didn't have to go, but in hindsight, remember what, man's like 20, fam. Like you 20. don't know... 
and you didn't really know ne- then what Ben could actually have done for your career. Yeah, but it wasn't about what Ben could have done for me. It was just about me being loyal to a brother as well that was trying that to That you've help made money with good. and yeah, yeah okay, okay. It's not about what he could have done for me or where he would have ended up. You get me? Because I've ended up where I've ended up, he's ended up where he's ended up, everyone's ended up where they yeah, ended yeah, up, yeah, yeah. right? But it was just not a good move of me to do that without giving him a heads up. With the with with Wiley, like we don't like each other, like in the grand scheme of everything, yeah. But we love each other. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like a brother, yeah, two brothers. It's one like, of them ones, yeah, isn't yeah, it? That relationship, yeah. We can be in the same space as each it's other. Max, you two are like the arguably be the the most sort of powerful individuals to come out of Graham. So yeah. it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's got a part to do with it as well. The mm. rivalry over so much time and me trying to be beat what you just did and you trying to beat what I just did and I think it's kind of it's positive as well because there's competitive competition which is always you, you, you need that you need that you need that to become the greats who are the greats in Graham would we like now we said you and Wiley but who else can you you can say that you know these this person has took Graham to a next level and like they'll be in the history books forever like, I think D-Double Chipmunk Jeremy Getz Dizzy, those are the guys I feel like, Skepta, those are the guys I feel like, if you're talking about taking it to next levels. Yeah. But then there's greats that are just the, like, goats. Goats, yeah, veterans. Yeah, 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 yeah. vets and stuff like that. But that list is very long. What what does Boy Better Know mean to you? That's family, man. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like... It's brothers, if you got brotherhood like that, like it's different, innit? It's like it's not some made up crew like or some put together thing. Like man are gonna be thing, do the sickest things, ha- travel together, thing, arguments, fall out, be cool again. It's a mm. real thing, innit? Like if you don't have that, it's not it's not really it's not real. How could you just be brethren with people and nothing ever happens? Of course. It's not possible to actually be authentic like that do you know what I mean everybody's their own individual character and everybody's gonna have a different way they feel about something and way they approach things you get what I'm saying so I get that do you get what I'm saying but that's 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 gang you get me what are your sort of best memories from being in Boy Better Know a lot of memories man there's too many to even remember but, but name Rebel maybe... Culture Clash is a, one of the greatest memories that I've shared with the with the man them, doing that first and second one um doing Glastonbury together and then all the little smaller clubs that we used to do over the Iron Apple Iron Apples, yeah you used to run yeah. that didn't you, you yeah, know, for, a, for a period that. so many memories man um, so much I couldn't there's a lot do you know what I mean one day we got to do a little little sign documentary or film about whatever do you get what I'm saying mm, mm. but yeah like it's sick it's a lot of history man yeah Lord of the Mics is a crazy one yeah Lord of the L-O-T-M yeah, we've done so much, and like I feel like there's more to do with it. But have you parked that off for the moment? Yeah, it's a parked off strap right now. What's your top three Lord of the Max moments before we we end this? Because I think this is uh, Wiley and Kano, Skepta and Devilman, and Big H and P Money. See, Big H and P Money. It was you. It might seem like you was a bit biased in that clash, maybe. To who? To maybe P, maybe biased to P. How? Because I feel like this is what H sort of said after. It seemed like I don't know that you. So what? I was kind of taking peace side in that class. That's what H has said. That's obviously you know that this is what he said after. Do you feel that was the case? No, I just if you watch it back, does it look like I'm being biased? It doesn't look like, but H made a big deal after saying that was the case. That you lot have agreed this and that, and then you've come to the clash, and look, then you've changed the rules. Y- y- look, I f- look. I think that clash was amazing, regardless, right? But what it what is evident is that at the time, it was all the match live. Which, first of all, we'd never done that before, so we never had a crowd reaction. So. We were trying to record it like it was all the mics in the basement, but, but it really, wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it should have yeah, been yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? It should have been that. It's like, it was different. So I think that, first of all, the approach to that was kind of dealt with wrong. Secondly, um, I was just trying to get Big H to kind of say 
his bars and then P to say his bars and then he could to have that kind a of back to back yeah sure. to have that to, but Big H was on the thing like this ain't no back to back it's not Kane or Wiley man just duppy man so it was hard for me to get a middle ground it was just making my job awkward didn't it like it was just all of it was making my job awkward P was getting a little bit frustrated with the scenario and then which is understandable it's understandable but it's like it just wasn't the best for me to be able to do what I do best. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it was a lot of separate units in the room. It could have got to something like that. It's, it's a lot of and stuff And you're thinking, on. and the cameras are rolling, and it's live. So obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it was easy for you to yeah. even be in the middle of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bit techie, but, like, there's so much more. Like, the funny thing is, the history of crime, it, it has to be continued because there's so much more that I didn't touch on. There's so much more things I didn't talk about, like, do you know what I'm saying? And there's so much stuff, like, pockets and different places. Well, look, we're definitely going to do a part two. But I feel like we've touched on sort of the beginning, certain bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I want to hit you back up and then I'm going to think, what haven't we touched off? And maybe talk about the sort of actual subjects that yeah, we want to yeah, piece together yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but, um, we'll do it. It's good that we've connected again uh, back on camera. Yeah. And we've sort of put to bed whatever people thought this the situation was from the first interview but um yeah yeah don't worry you see the comments yeah on this one you can say that Argy can breathe now I was, always, right. I was always, like, I was always. No, obviously he was on a respirator before. No, yeah. Yeah, I wound up so much. He see, lost, he see lost how his serious head. he takes jokes. He's like, he still can't even get. The, he's still not even like. Ah, well, he's like, he's still, he's still, he's still like. My, nah, listen, my security me, escorted him out of the building. Remember, big power they escorted you out of the area. They didn't escort me. Do you remember? If you go back to the footage now, I've got the actual footage that actually really happened. That yeah. didn't come out. Don't say that what I really have, happened. Like, really. I got crudded off. <laughs> I never got crudded off. There, there wasn't no real footage of what really happened. What really happened is what they saw. That day, <laughs> that day when the security guy came in the room, because that's what actually wound me up in it, because I was like, if this guy touches me, it's going to get mad because it's not. it's gone past you now. You get me? It's like this brother, he's wham. He's a what? It, like, all right, this guy just part. No, no, no. Part, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much. And also, my man knows the thing because he's seen man. At, he was coming shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he knows the thing, so he didn't really even want that smoke. Do you know where it, where it was? I think the people upstairs got alerted that this is kicking off on radio, and I don't think they knew how to take it. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they don't. They they're just thinking whatever in it. Like, but at the same time, we're not gonna let people think that this. Pablo guy was going to come and put hands on me. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, cool. respect talking, man. Jam? Yes. Part two coming real soon. Yeah, this is yeah. Graham History Lesson. We're done.